right, y'all. Welcome back for another episode of Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, Aaron. I have, uh, I've been having a merry moment today. Um, when I say merry moment, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the whole Martha and Mary. And Martha was busy uh, making some good, good food and cooking and trying to be a good host. And then uh, you had Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, just soaking it in, soaking in his presence something in her heart probably knew that he wouldn't be there very long that i'm sure something in her spirit that realized at some point he is not going to be around like the physical jesus wasn't going to be around for much longer this this is my interpretation of that story so anyway yeah she was enjoying his presence and um but martha was you know nothing wrong with being a good host martha was busy at work and anyway, so today I was tempted to go out and make a bunch of deliveries because I, you know, I made good money yesterday, but I was like, I need, you know, I have a lot going on, you know, being on child support and all that and trying to get back on my feet and uh, get my own place eventually. And so that that pull to go out and make this money, even that pull to like apply for some traditional jobs again in banking and finance and all that, it's like it's there all the time, right? This money and all that. But I felt in my spirit today, the Lord was just like, Aaron, go, just go home and chill with me today. Like take time with me and rest, like experience the Sabbath rest. And so that's what I did today. And it felt good. It felt good. It felt good. So, and that's what I'm doing now. So, um, we, yeah, I'm going to spend the rest of this time before I go to bed uh, trying to knock out the rest of judges, and if we don't get through then all of it, then yeah, if I feel in my spirit, I need to go ahead and stop. I will, but I'm excited to get to Ruth. <laughs> so that's that's why judges has been good, but uh, and these some some great stories. But I'm ready to talk about some Ruth and Boaz and all that. So and just get on to yeah, First Samuel and Second Samuel and Kings and David. Yeah, because I'm excited about that stuff. So anyway. Oh, it's going to go and hop right into it. Uh, do I want to do a psalm? Yeah, I'll do a psalm real fast, and then we'll go to um, Judges chapter 6. Let's do that. I'm going to hold my phone goofy. So this is Psalm chapter 4. Today is the fourth. I've said this many times before. I like to read whatever the uh, day of the week it is. If there's 31 days in the week, yeah. Or whatever situation, 28 days in February. For every day of that week, I like to read that a psalm and a proverb. That's how I usually like to start my day. So anyway, today was Psalm 4, because it's the fourth, and it's a short one. So I'll go ahead and read the whole thing real quick, and I'll just pray through it. So this is uh, a night of prayer. It's written it's for the choir director with stringed instruments, and it's a psalm of David. He says, so I'm just going to pray it. Lord, answer us when we call to you, God. Who You vindicate us. Thank you for vindicating us. You freed us from all of our afflictions. Be gracious to us and hear our prayers. How long, exalted ones, will our honor be insulted? How long will you love what is worthless and pursue a lie? Say lie. Yes, Lord. How long will will people continue to love what is worthless? I pray I break against that, Lord. I pray against that, Lord, that we will can no longer pursue lies in your church and outside of your church, that this world especially here in the United States that was founded as a Christian um, based on godly Christian principles, Lord, 
Not all of them were Christians, Lord, but they there was a foundation. They had an understanding that you, God, were on the throne, that this 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 land that you were giving them was to going to be a place of freedom to worship you freedom, freely, God. And so I pray that our nation would turn back to that because we've forgotten that. So I pray that no longer we would no longer um, love what is worthless, that our nation would no longer love what is worthless and we would no longer pursue the lies of this world and the ways of this world. Know that the Lord has set apart the faithful for himself. You have set us apart, Lord. Thank you for that. The Lord will hear us when we call to you. We will tremble. It says, be angry or tremble and do not sin. Lord, help us, Lord, to to be angry, to to be to tremble at what's going on in this world. Or um, as David Wilkerson said, be called to anguish and anguish in our soul when we go before we go to bed and we wake up in the morning, even all throughout our day, we would have an anguish over the state of our nation. God, the state of way we've been in rebellion, Lord, and we will repent and ask for your forgiveness and your grace and have mercy on this nation. God, so I pray, Lord, that we would tremble and or be angry at the state of our world, the state of our even our own lives, Lord, but not sin, God. On our bed, I pray that we will reflect in our hearts and be still before you, Selah. I pray that we would offer sacrifices in righteousness, Lord, that you said that uh, we can be, we are, we can, uh, we, we should offer ourselves as living sacrifices Offer ourselves just like you did. You said, you said, Dad, Lord, you said, anyone who wants to follow me, take up your cross and follow me. So I just pray, God, we would take up our crosses, Lord, and we would lay ourselves down, Lord, and be living sacrifices, wholly acceptable to you. And we would trust in you, Lord. And then, Lord, it says, verse six, many are asking, who can show us anything good? Many are saying, what is good in this world? What, who can show us anything good? You, but you said, late, next he says, the, let the light of your face shine on us, Lord. Let the light of your face shine on us, Lord. Just like Moses, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, we will seek your face and not your hand. That we will seek what you desire for us, Lord. And we will seek you, just having you, just experiencing you and knowing you, God. We will seek that more than the things that you can give us, Lord. That we will adore you, that we will praise you. We will be, we will thank you, Lord. We would um, have a broken and contrite heart over our sin, Lord, and um, we will have a spirit of thanksgiving before we bring our supplications, our requests to you, God. We would start with that, worshiping you and and, and praising you as the Great I Am, the, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. We would adore you and praise you, God, before we come with all these requests that we have for you, God, and we would just. Have joy in your presence, Lord, rather than having joy in the presence that you give us, Lord. You have put more joy in our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for putting more joy in our hearts than than we have, than they have with their grain and new wine abounding. And just, Lord, I thank you, Lord, you put more joy in our hearts than all the things that we could have in this world, all the, the, the nice, shiny things that we can have in this world. And when we both lie down and when we both lie down, I will both lie down and sleep in peace. We will lie down and we will sleep in peace for you alone, Lord. Make us live in safety. Lord, I thank you for this word. I thank you for Psalm chapter four. And thank you for David, who just had this intimate relationship with you, God, that has has 
really resonated in so many people's lives. Lord, I know for me, the Psalms are a place of safety. They're a place of joy. They're a place of peace. When my heart is unsettled, when I'm sad, when I feel alone, when I feel lonely, I'm reminded that I'm not alone. When I feel um, lost, I'm reminded that I'm not lost. And when I'm angry, I, I learn what to be angry about and what and how to be angry and not sin, God. And lastly, Lord, when I need a doctor, when I need a physician, Lord, I can go to the Psalms and be reminded that you are my physician, Lord, that you are, you know how this body works. You are the creator of this body. So I can go back to you. And um, you have, like in Psalm 147, Lord, you have already healed my broken heart. You have bandaged all of my wounds in a way that no physical or spiritual doctor on this earth could. So I thank you for that. I thank you for that. I thank you for doctors that we have on this earth, Lord, uh, that are doing a great job during this COVID time. I pray that you continue to give them strength and give them um, a peace in their hearts, Lord, knowing that you um, are with them and that they would uh, they they can work as unto you, Lord, during these crazy times where our hospitals are filled with people who are dealing with all types of sickness. And I pray that the church will return to being the hospital, that pe- the ultimate hospital where people we would just see miracles left and right and hear stories left and right and left and right. Um, every way that Satan has stolen that, that faith and that belief in that the church is a hospital, that is a place to be healed and all the weirdness and the, the stuff that has caused people to be afraid of healing and the gift of healing. I pray you restore that gift of healing in the church, Lord. In any way that has been uh, monetized and made a mockery of, I break that off in the name of Jesus, Lord, and people would just, that would strip away from their minds, Lord, and they would just see you, God, that even in all the craziness that man has made out of healing, you were there. You were still there, God. And for those that didn't receive healing, God, pray that know that the greatest healing that they could ever get is in their hearts, Lord, being restored to you, God whether or not they get the physical healing. We pray for physical healing. We keep believing and having faith for that. But even if they don't, even if they don't, we don't see you do that, God, in the miraculous way that we desire to, like the genie that we try to turn you into. We thank you, Lord, that our hearts and our minds and our souls can always be healed at any time. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Uh, My man said... Hey, bro, I got to jump off. My kids are doing too much. Let me know when you're going to be back on. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. I, uh, I got a new follower here um, here on Instagram. On the gram. Uh, I got to send him a DM later. Um, I need to have a more consistent. I don't know. I, I struggle with the whole consistent time thing. Like, hey, I'll be here online at. 6 7 a.m or i'll be online at um eight nine ten o'clock in the evening because it kind of i just i don't know i honestly i try to i try to be in my at, the, at my best like be led by the spirit on when i'm gonna be do these chew the bible episodes and it's kind of just like yeah if i feel in my heart you know like when I'm out driving, making my deliveries for the day, and I feel like, all right, Aaron, this is a good stopping point. Go ahead and end your day. 
I'll go and end it. And then, yeah, when I feel in my heart that unction or that excitement to go ahead and do an episode or chew the Bible, um, I'll do it. So, yeah, I'll just, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I will say this. I'm going to try to my best to be more consistent of every morning before like getting up, make sure I get up early and every morning doing a Chew the Bible episode in the morning and then doing one at night. Um, or at the most, at least doing one a day, no matter what, whether it's in the morning or at night. So, all right, y'all, I'm going to go into Judges chapter six, Judges chapter six, after that long introduction. The Israelites, Midian oppresses Israel. The Israelites did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord handed them over to Midian seven years and they oppressed Israel. Because of Midian, the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites and Melekites and the Kedamites came and attacked them. They encamped against them and destroyed the produce of the land. Even as far as Gaza, they left nothing for Israel to eat, as well as no sheep, ox, or donkey. For the Midianites came with their cattle and their tents like a great swarm of locusts. They and their camels were without number, and they entered the land to lay waste to it. Underline that part. They entered the land to lay waste to it. So Israel became poverty-stricken because of Midian, and the Israelites cried out to the Lord goes that phrase again they cried out to the lord hey 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 oh i forgot all about this story yeah we're on gideon gideon is in judges ha ha man the bible just full of gems man this one i think one book is like kind of like a ho-hum i can yawn over this joker <laughs> i was reminded like hey every just about every book got some like really cool cool um i hate to call these bible characters because really they're our ancestors um in the tradition of Christian lore going back. Yeah, they are. Yeah. These are real. My grandma says they are not just characters. They're real people. These are our ancestors. So yeah, I learned about a great ancestor. Um, in Gideon right here, here we go. So they cried out to the Lord when the Israelites cried out to him because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to them. He said to them, this is what the Lord God of Israel says. I brought you out of Egypt and out of the place of slavery. I rescue you from the power of Egypt and the power of all who oppressed you. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord, your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites whose land you live in, but you did not obey me. Hmm. All right. The Lord calls Gideon, the angel of verse 11, the angel of the Lord came and he sat under the oak that was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abizrite. His son Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, valiant warrior. So uh, this is this is the funny thing. Yeah, I've heard few months ago my counselor who i see preach he's also the he's the chaplain in our church and like an associate pastor he um assistant pastor he preached on this whole was it him the priest on yeah on gideon i believe it was him yeah and so uh but yeah the funny thing is like here he is he's hiding 
Here he is. He's hiding wheat. Threshing wheat in the wine. And apparently, yeah, threshing of wheat was something done outside. As far as I know. And here he is doing it inside of a uh, wine press. And he's hiding it. He's hiding it from the Midianites so that they don't take his take it. And here it is. An angel, the angel of the Lord, a Christophany, says, hey, valiant warrior, <laughs> the Lord is with you. It just cracks me up because, yeah, it doesn't sound like he was a valiant warrior in that moment. Gideon said to him, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? That's a question that a lot of us are asking right now. Like, hey. If you are so big and bad, God, like if you are, if you're with us, then why is all this craziness happening? You know, why aren't you stopping it? And where are his wonders that our fathers told us about? Man, I can relate to that. They said, hasn't the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to Midian. Can I relate to this for all this stuff he's saying? All right. Verse 14. The Lord turned to him and said, <laughs> oh, man, I wish I could just see this acted out in real life. Like, I would have been a fly on the wall in that moment to see what this like looked like in that situation. Go in the strength you have and deliver Israel from the grasp of Midian. I'm sending you. It's like the Lord didn't even. He didn't even. He didn't even like, yeah, justify his those questions with a response like he didn't even like getting a whole conversation or a debate with with Gideon he's like hey I've already told you the Lord is with you and I called you a valiant warrior he's like hey you are the solution to all this like I'm gonna use you as my vessel to deliver Israel from the grasp of Midian I'm sending you mister over here hiding the wheat in the wine press I've called you he's like me he said to him, please, Lord, how can I deliver? How can I deliver Israel? Me? Little old me? Look, my family is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's family. Sometimes I look at myself like, Lord, you called me to to set captives free, to deliver folks from the hand of the enemy, like to be to be a, like a Gideon Lord me I'm like I I stumble over my words of like I'm I'm so afraid to just tell people tell people Jesus loves you at times and you were calling me to do to do this or that like me yeah and that's so anybody who's anybody if you've accepted Jesus in your heart you are you have you're a valiant warrior that like you didn't realize you crossed over into you're like a POW with a prisoner of war of this whole war that's going on between light and darkness. And he rescued you. And now you're in his kingdom. You're a warrior in his kingdom. And he's called you a valiant warrior. And you're like me, but I'm not a preacher. I don't I didn't go to seminary. I'm not a. I don't I, I don't have any boldness. I don't even like to talk to I don't I, I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. 
you know, me, I'm a valiant warrior. So, and sometimes it's not him calling you to just talk to folks. Sometimes it's just like he's called you to be bold in, in your love for somebody, right? So anyway, yeah, I can I'm, I can talk about this forever on this whole Gideon. So let's keep going. Verse 16. Yeah, he let me repeat that again. Verse 15 said, he said to him, please, Lord, how can I how can I deliver Israel? Or for you all, you'd be like, how can I deliver Kansas City or, or Philadelphia or L.A. or Houston or what? Yeah, whatever city you live in, D.C., St. Louis. How can I do that? Look, my family is the weakest in Manasseh. My family is the weakest in Kansas City. And I am the youngest. I'm the younger brother in my family. I'm the youngest in my father's family. Anyway, verse 16. But I will be with you, the Lord said to him. You will strike Midian down as if it were one man. I believe God is saying that to anyone listening now or in the future. Like, hey, 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 hey. But I'm with you. You will. You've. I've already given you the. I've already given you the victory. You will strike down the Midians. the 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 Midians here represent. He said they lay waste to the land. That's what the Midians rep- did. That's what they did. They were a type of. They were a type of antichrist at that time. And many of us have Midianites in our in our lives right now. That Midianite my Midian might be. Hey. You have uh, this pattern, this curse over and over of people in your family getting divorced. So you've been called to whether you're divorced right now and you're seeking a spouse and praying and believing that once you get married, that you'll stay married. I pray you'll be break, you'll be a chain breaker in your family for that spirit of divorce. Um, what else we got? What else we got? Media nights in our lives. That's a big old... Uh, Cicada right outside my window making a bunch of noise. Um, what else? Late anything you there might be a pattern of, of abortion that's happening over and over in your family, right? Midianite lay waste to the children in the in the seed that is in the wombs of the mothers, right? Destruction, early deaths of teenage deaths, young people in your family dying before they're supposed to die because of whatever gangs, drugs. Bad choices, car accidents. I had an uncle who passed away like 21, I think it was. Just premature death. Um, Just sin and all the ramifications of sin that wreak havoc in our families. Um, You name it. That Midianite spirit is in operation in our lives. And we've been called to be a Gideon. I hope you get what I'm saying. People that listen to this later on, like we've been all been called to be like like a Gideon in our family and break these Midianite curses, Midianite destruction that's laid waste to our families and and to our children and to our relationships. So here we go. Verse 17. Then he said to him, if I have found favor. Yeah, he says this. uh, What is it? He said this three times. Basically, yeah. So one. Verse 12, he says, the Lord is with you, valiant warrior. And then second time he say he encourages him and says. 
Go in the strength you have and deliver Israel from the grass of Midian. That's twice. And then three. Once again, here he goes. Butts in the Bible. I said I want to do a whole series called Butts in the Bible. And God says, but. But I will be with you. The Lord said to him, you will strike Midian down as if you were one man. That's three times he's commanded him be strong and courageous in many different in three different ways. Like he said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. All right. Then he said to him, if I have found favor with you, give me a sign that you are speaking with me. Please do not leave this place until I return to you. Let me bring my gift and set it before you. And he said, I will stay until you return. So Gideon, <laughs> it's interesting that the angel of the Lord was like, hey, all right, all right, go ahead. Do what you got to do so to get your proof. I'll hang out right here. So Gideon went and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from a half bushel of flour. He placed the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot. He brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. Verse 20. The angel of God said to him. That's interesting that it was under an oak tree because in Isaiah 61, I think somewhere in there, he calls his oaks of righteousness. So it's funny. Cool that this is happening under an oak tree. The angel of the Lord, verse 20, the angel of God said to him, take the meat with the unleavened bread, put it on this stone and pour the broth on it. So he did that. Unleavened bread, pour the broth. Verse 21, the angel of the Lord extended the tip of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread. Fire came up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. Then the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. It's like angel Lord is like, I have nothing else to say to you. You know, you got your sign. What else do you need? Verse 22, when Gideon realized that he was the angel of the Lord, he said, oh, no, Lord God, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him. Hmm, peace to you. Don't be afraid for you will not die. So Gideon built. This is interesting that the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. And then I guess he came back or oh, maybe. All right. So he vanished. And now he must have been invisible as far as the way I'm reading this, because he said he vanished. So now as he just hears his voice, the Lord say, peace to you. Don't be afraid for you will not die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it. The Lord is peace. It is still in Ophrah. Of the Abizrites, 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 I don't know, Abizrites, we'll say that today. Man, I'm approaching 30 minutes already on this episode, so there's so much here, but let's keep going. Gideon tears down a ball altar. Verse 25, on the very night, on that very night, the Lord said to him, take your father's so." This is interesting because Gideon has this whole experience with this angel of the Lord, which is Christophany, Jesus, the angel of the Lord, right? And now, yeah, then the angel of the Lord disappears and all he does is hear his voice and then says, on that very night, the Lord said to him, take your father's young bull. So now he's hearing the voice of the Lord, just hears voice 
of the Lord doesn't see him. All right. Take your father's young bull and his second bull, seven years old, then tear down the altar of Baal that belongs to your father and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Y'all remember earlier the Asherah poles were used to worship Baal. Build a well-constructed altar to the Lord your God on the top of of this mound. Take the second bull and offer it as a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the Asherah pole you cut down. So Gideon took... 10 of his male servants and did as the Lord had told him. But because he was too afraid of his father's family and the men of the city to do it in the daytime, he did it at night. See, I can relate to Gideon. I can totally relate to Gideon. Like, first of all, he's like, once again, he's like, God, me, what you, you call me to do this, all this to deliver Israel. And then, yeah, he dealt with a lot of fear a lot of fear, like, yeah, over God, like how real God was. And like, he needed signs, proof that God was going to help him. Right. And yeah, he was worried about other people thought or what? Yeah. His family, he was more, he was more afraid of his family and other people than he was of God. Verse 28, when the men of the city got up in the morning, they found Baal's altar torn down the Asherah pole beside it cut down And the second bull offered up on the altar that had been built. They said to each other, who did this? (laughs) After they made, because it's a pretty big deal. Like these guys, other gods they worship, they believe that they were like, what helped them kind of basically have like good luck in life and you name it, favor on their side in life. They put all their, a lot of their hope and their trust in these other gods rather than the one true god after they made a thorough investigation they said gideon son of joash did it (laughs) verse 30 then the men of the city said to joash bring out your son he must die because he tore down baal's altar and cut down the asherah pole beside it but joash said to all who stood against him would you plead baal's case for him would you save him Whoever pleads his case will be put to death by morning. If he is a God, let him plead his own case because someone tore down his altar. That day he called was called Jeru, Jerubal. I forgot how they say this. Jerubal. There you go. Jerubal. Jerubal. Which jo, since Joaz said, let Baal contend with him because he tore down his altar. Or in other words, the name means let ball be ball. Like, hey, if he's really who he says he is, then let him prove himself. This is going to be very similar to the story of Elijah when we get there. All right. The sign of the fleece. Verse 33. All the Midianites, Amalekites and Kedemites gathered together, crossed over the Jordan and camped in the Jezreel Valley. The spirit of the Lord enveloped Gideon and he blew the ram's horn and the Abezerites rallied behind him. He sent messengers throughout all of Manasseh who rallied behind him. He also sent messengers throughout Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali who also came to meet him. Then Gideon said to God, if you will deliver Israel by my hand, as you as you said, I'll put a wool fleece here on the threshing floor. If dew is only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, I will know that you will deliver Israel by my strength, as you said. 
And that is what happened. When he got up early in the morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung dew out of it, filling a bowl with water. Gideon then said to God, don't be angry with me. (laughs) Don't be angry with me. Let me speak one more time. Please allow me to make one more test with the fleece. Let it remain dry and the dew be all over the ground. That night, God did as Gideon requested. Only the fleece was dry and the dew was all over the ground. So it's it's a cliffhanger that we're left with. We don't we don't know what's going to happen. It, it kind of is interesting how it closes there before we go to the next chapter. It's something else to remember as we read the Bible. And this kind of blew my mind when somebody told me this. He's, somebody said, like, you know, there was not any chapters in the Bible. Like these were added later on just to make it easy for people to understand and read. Um, Yeah. So. When there's these stops in chapters it like there was somebody a group of folks that came along and decided that this is where these numbers should be or whatever but if you were just read read this bible read the bible before people added chapter numbers or whatever you would just keep reading um and i i something that's something i still don't fully understand or know all the history behind the bible and the Dead Sea Scrolls and how we got to the tra- and the original translations and the Greeks and the Hebrews and how we got to where we are now. I never took any Bible college. I never went to Bible college or took any classes on this stuff. But it is something that'll be interesting to read, you know, uh, research more later um, at some point. Just how we got to this book that we have now. But anyway, I say that all to say is, yeah, we got a little cliffhanger going at the end of chapter six. And once again. Hmm. I have a note that says the Lord clothed Gideon, his own clan, the Abezerites, and the Lord blew the trumpet through Gideon. It's really cool because I play the trumpet. Hey, Pastor Josh, I see you coming here. uh, We're in uh, Judges chapter six talking about Gideon. So I totally forgot that Judges... I thought Judges was going to kind of be like a ho-hum, sleep through it, book of the Bible. (laughs) Kind of like Leviticus, but I was just saying earlier how the funny thing about this, uh, each of these these books of the Bible is like, oh, I forgot this particular situation was, or this person um, was in in this book. (laughs) I forgot, I totally forgot. So anyway, yeah, on Gideon and and I'm just talking about how much I relate to Gideon and my fear and need him proof that uh, God is really on my side. So and has already given me victory. So I'm reading these Tony Evans notes real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Just before that, I was reading about, yeah, Deborah and Barack and Shamgar. And yeah, it's like, yeah, it's cool. Cool stuff, man. Some. Yeah. Some cool. um, Exciting stuff that happens here it's like an action-packed they really need to like take these stories and turn them into like little mo- little mini series movies i hope the chosen does that they're going to get into the old testament too not just the new testament that would be really cool it says when the lord hand when the lord handed this is the tony evans notes he said when the lord handed disobedient israel over to midian the oppression grew so bad that they had to hide in caves. This is a reminder that when we stray from the Lord, he will sometimes allow a crisis in our lives to compel our return. It's the crazy thing about this 
when I read that, I'm just thinking, and I try to, you know, relate this to modern day times. And we could actually reach a point here in North America and here in the United States where we, the church has to go underground. Thank the Lord that we have not had to do that yet, but it could reach that point. And it seems like that's the way we're headed. I pray that in my lifetime and my children's lifetime, life, lifetime, they don't experience that. But it does seem like we could be headed that way. And just like it says it here, he will sometimes allow a crisis in our lives to compel our return. So, yeah, the crises that are going on between COVID, people, yeah, dying every day to um, financial troubles that people are going to barely able to pay their rent. Just our world and disarray, all this stuff hopefully is compelling not just Christians, especially Christians, but also people who don't have a relationship with him to come back, not just to a building, but to a relationship with Jesus Christ that then allows us, empowers us to be the church. So anyway, all right. Normally wheat is thrust in a place that catches a breeze so that the chaff is blown away. But Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. It's funny because I remember when Pastor, I think, yeah, Mike Linhair preached on this. He's like, yeah, that normally this is an activity that's done outside, not indoors on a wine, through a wine press. So that just shows you just how much, how afraid Gideon was. But I can't laugh at him because I know I'll be the same way. I know I, I like I see myself in Gideon so much. Yeah, normally we is threshing a place that it catches a breeze so that it, the shaft, the chaff is blown away. But Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. Then it says that Gideon was going to such lengths to say out of stay out of sight makes it surprising that the heavenly visitor said to him, the Lord is with you, valiant warrior. As I was saying, like, yeah, you don't sound like a valiant warrior in that situation. Indeed, Gideon's success would be dependent on whether or not the Lord was with him. That's 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 my that's my heart right now. So much like in everything that I'm doing, everything I'm experiencing, I'm just like, I can't, Lord, I can't do anything without you. My success for what you've called me to do, if you want me to, and I'm learning like what battles are mine to even like be involved in. Cause there's a temptation to like put my stick, my nose in just about everything. And sometimes I'm like, Nope, I don't have the jurisdiction or authority right in this moment to fight that battle. So anyway, Gideon could only see his own circumstances and not the big picture. Yes. God has saved Israel from Egypt, but he has saved them for a covenant relationship with him. They did not obey him and and were thus suffering the covenant consequences. God responded to Gideon's feelings of inadequacy, just as he had responded to Moses's concerns years prior. I will be with you. That's from uh, Exodus three eleven. The key mighty man of ire, one translation says, yes, mighty, yeah. My, my buddy uh, Josh Baker's here. I opened up comments on here, so uh, I wanted to hear what anyone who popped in here had to say. And feel free if you have to go or have something going on, uh, Pastor Becker. To, uh, so, yeah, don't feel like you have to stay. But, uh, yeah, this is good. And feel free to yeah share whatever comes to your heart as I, as I, as I read on here. 
Uh, it says, yeah, the key to accomplishing an impossible task is always with the, uh, let me go back. Let me go back. He says, I will be with you. Then it says the key to accomplishing an impossible task is always walking in the presence of God. It's the man. I'm gonna keep going. Ah, I feel like there's something I want to say about that real quick. That's something I'm learning to do, how to walk in the presence of God. And and the cool thing about it, and the cool the coolest thing about it is knowing that He's with me even if even when I even the times I veered off the path and went far, felt like I, you know, you might look at my life and say I went far from him, but he was like he was in me still because I gave my life to him as a young boy. And he was like a shadow that I, he's like a shadow that she, he is the shadow that you can't escape. That's why I almost feel like he's given us shadows that we were constant reminder that he's with us no matter where, where we go. I think David even said, I can go to the ends of the earth, but there's like a also walking in his presence. <sighs> there's something about that in that knowing that, you're empowered to do the things that he's called you to do and fight the battles that he has called you to fight. And so in reverence of that presence of him, like there's a reverence with it. There's like a joy. There's a peace, you know, there. Anyway, God wants us to experience that. That's what I'm trying to say. He wants us to experience what it is to walk, to know that his presence is with us. So, Likely in verse 22, Gideon had in mind the Lord's words to Moses. You cannot see my face for humans cannot see me and live. That's Exodus thirty-three twenty. But in response to Gideon's fear, the Lord assured him that he would live. It's clear then that Gideon did not see the full unshielded expression of God's glory. Yes, unshielded, unshielded expression. So, yeah, that part in... um. Where was it? Yeah, where he got where Gideon was like, "Hey, I need a sign." He goes out, grabs some some uh, some bread, unleavened bread, and a young goat, and then bring then uh then brings it back, and the angel of the Lord then they, he can God consumes it, and then the angel of the Lord leaves from him. That angel of the Lord, or that Christophy, that that appearance of Jesus. That wasn't even God's full expression of his glory. Somehow it was a limited because whatever, if he get given him the full expression of his glory, then it would have apparently probably would have killed or taken Gideon out. I don't know what, how that would have worked. But and then and then you he hears his voice. So somehow his physical expression was gone and now all he does is just hear Gideon's voice. I mean Gideon all he all Gideon hears is the Lord's voice. And it says, Peace to you, don't be afraid, for you will not die. Yeah. He would have died, but as far as I know, he would have died if God had given the whole unshielded, veiled expression of God's of his glory. So I don't know. Like I said, it would have been cool to be a fly on the wall in that in that moment to see this whole thing play out. It took two bulls and 10 male servants to tear down the altar. I'm talking about the uh, Asherah poles and the, um, the, the ball, ball altar. So it was, yeah, it, that's interesting. That's what he did. Yeah, that's why he took the two bulls and 10 male servants with him 
at nighttime. He was afraid to do it during the daytime to tear down this altar. So the thing, in other words, that thing was huge. So it was obviously a major presence on Gideon's father's property. There's a principle at work here. Don't expect God to do something outside of your home base if you're not willing to get things right inside it. Man, I'm going through that right now uh, with my with my family and children and getting that whole situation in order. It's a challenge. So, yeah, starting with getting our house in order before God can do mighty things outside of it. So let's keep going. It says this scene shows just how rampant idolatry had become in Israel. These people wanted to kill a man who had torn down an idol and erected it in its place, an altar for the God who had rescued them from Egypt. Perhaps Gideon's father saw the irony in that when he argued that Baal, if he was real, didn't need them to fight his battles. Hmm. Let me say that again. Perhaps Gideon's father saw the irony in that when he argued that Baal, if he was real, didn't need them to fight his battles. Surely he said, in effect, a God can defend himself. Thus, by God's grace, Gideon earned a reputation as Jeroboam or Baal fighter. Or as I have my note, what I wrote here is let Baal be Baal. Let Baal defend himself. Gideon was asking God to interrupt the natural order of things with a deviation from the usual. This is the definition of a miracle. Gideon was like the man who told Jesus, I do believe, help my unbelief. Mark, that's from Mark 9, 24. Mm. I, I, man, in so many ways, I relate to all this. Like, Lord, I believe, I believe you're real. I've seen you do some mighty things in my life. I've heard people tell some amazing stories about you, and I believe you. But I still have some unbelief about these balls in my life or these giants on my property in my life or these uh, Midianites who keep laying waste, who've laid waste to my to the blessings and the, the flourishing of the call that you have on my life and the life of my children and the life of even my former wife and her new husband, like, I, I can't see it, God. I can't see it. <laughs> like, how are you going to make sense of all this craziness that I found myself in? Though he had a divine visit and God did as Gideon requested, that wasn't enough. Yep. This time he asked for the reverse as a sign, dry fleece and wet ground. Yeah, I've thrown a lot of fleeces out over my life. And as there's this one guy, uh, Scott, at our church, he says, uh, be careful when you throw out a fleece because you might get fleeced. So, all right, I'm going to hop on this Romans road of salvation. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5.8 says, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And then lastly, Romans 10, 13 says for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. So you can simply say, Jesus, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished I believe Christ, Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my savior. 
Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, amazing name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. I'm going to make a quick phone call. And I may be back. We'll see. We'll see. I'm debating whether or not to come back on. I don't know. That was two chapters. You know what? We're going to stop right there. We knocked out two chapters, Judges 5, and we knocked out Judges 6. And as tempting as it is to power through the rest of uh, Judges, because I'm excited to get to the book of Ruth, I will, uh, I'm going to stop there. Get in, yeah. And next, yeah, the next episode, next episode we will talk about uh, we'll continue the story of Gideon and his Gideon's army. It's going to get really good in Judges 7. So, all right, y'all. Talk to y'all later. Have a great, 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 amazing Sunday. Find somewhere, hopefully, to worship. Whether it's online or preferably in person is great. But, yeah, I understand with all the situation of COVID going on, um, a lot of folks are having church at home. So, yeah, whether you're in a house, online, in a building, traditional building, just know that, yeah, we're two or three gathered or gathered. He is there also. So have fun tomorrow. God willing, sleep well in Jesus name. Amen. All right.